Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited to have you join me today in the third episode for Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month for April 2021. Today, we're going to be sitting down with a domestic violence survivor and just raising more awareness, and I am so excited to have Zena on the show today, and it was so great for her to reach out and just be able to share her story. So I'm so excited to have Zena on the show today. She actually reached out to me on Instagram regarding just wanting to share her story and wanting to really get it out there and speak and use her voice and be able to voice about different resources. And I think it would just be a great opportunity to kind of share more on this topic and have Zena share more on her story. I think it'd be fair to just put in a trigger warning for anyone who may find this a bit triggering, but I know that Zena is very excited to share about her story today and we're so lucky to have her on today. So I just wanted to thank you in advance for being so vulnerable and just being able to come on here and be so genuine and share your story. Well, thank you so much. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I actually was going to thank you for having me on and giving me that opportunity to share my story because I'm not only out there to share my story, to share my story, I'm out there to share my story so that people who are in this abuse situation, people who are in relationships or even situations with addiction and drugs and drink and all that can see that with intrinsic work on yourself, that a happy and healthy life is possible. So that's why I'm out here is because I want to tell my story, but I want to tell my story as a motivational piece for everyone who feels like maybe it's not possible to get it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I will give the floor to you. Yeah. I would love for you to just go ahead and feel free to share whatever you feel is necessary or, but yeah, I'm just really excited to hear more about you. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So growing up, I know there is a mix. There's a mix of people who grow up in not so good households and they are exposed or even people who are being abused growing up. And then there are people who aren't, but I don't, my thing is I grew up in a good household. So my experiences and my trauma all came after childhood, but it wasn't because I fell into this relationship because I was traumatized. I fell into a relationship of abuse because my abuser, who is a narcissist, okay, he found me at my lowest. I was getting a divorce from my husband and he found me when we started getting divorced and we got divorced because he had been cheating on me. So I have just found out that my husband was cheating on me. I now had to file for divorce because honestly, it wasn't the first time that I caught him cheating on me and I knew that I deserved better. Now, let me tell you, by the time I was out of the abusive relationship, I questioned if I really deserved better. Because at the end of the day, at least my ex-husband didn't hit me, didn't call me names, didn't degrade me, wasn't mean. So then I'm like, well, he's not that bad, right? No, 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 no. I still deserve better. I just fell into something worse, but I still deserve better than what I had received from my ex-husband. So moving forward, I'm in the middle of filing for this divorce and I meet this man and we started dating. He traveled for work. So here's one red flag that I didn't pay attention to. He traveled for work, lived in a different state. So we met while he was traveling. And within like a month, he convinced me that we'd never see each other 
if he didn't move in, right? No, 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 no. That was a, I can't let you make any decision or not know where you are all the time. That's why I needed to move in. But I did not see it like that. I did not know what a narcissist was at the beginning of this relationship. I didn't know the evil that could be inside of people. So we start dating about three months in, maybe four. I caught him talking to his ex and she was in jail and he was sending her money. She was in jail for drugs. And um, if I can just, I'll just talk about her for a second as far as where that went. She was a constant problem and triangulation. I talk about triangulation a lot when it comes to a narcissist. For anyone who doesn't know, triangulation is when that person brings a third party into your relationship to just make you feel like you're not enough, to make you jealous, to make you fight for them right? So she was in and out of our relationship all the time. And she was also in and out of jail for drugs. He wound up at the end, I found out that he was there with her doing the drugs the majority of the time when he was supposedly traveling for work, which he was traveling, but she was just there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I, that's just a touch on her because as I said, she's throughout the whole thing. After the three months, I wound up getting really, really sick with poison. I got poison ivy and poison sumac. With that being said, I was covered from head to toe. And he's like, hey, travel with me until you get better. Like I couldn't be by my son at that present point in time because I, I was just so, so sick. So my mom watched him and I went traveling with him for a couple of weeks. After I went traveling with him for a couple of weeks, he had convinced me to come back and get my son to quit my job. And he offered me my dream. He offered me to be a stay-at-home mom, which I have always wanted. Now my son is from my ex-husband and I have always been the person who worked for everything. I'm a teacher. I went out there, I've always worked for everything. And when I was married to my ex, I did the majority of the work and he took care of our son because we, you know, he didn't have a degree. I made more money. So I really didn't know what it was like to ever really have somebody turn around and be like, hey, guess what? Here's Easy Street. You take care of the kid. You, you deal with that. And I will take the other road and pay the bills and take care of you. However, all he did with that was he financially disabled me. It is financial abuse what he did to me. So I thought this was the best thing. And then right after I quit, maybe like a month into it, he's like, well, you better start making your way somehow. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, you have to give me some money. And he's like, so you need to work for me. Now he did manual labor. As I said, I went to school. I'm a teacher. Why am I doing manual labor? You know, oh, we were, we went, we traveled for work. And then after we traveled for work, he just degraded me and this and that. I took every dime, every dime that I had made and I put it away with the exception of the, hey, I need this you know, $100 there, $100 there, and you know, whatever, but he did not know that I had put all that money away. So the end of the summer comes and I looked at my son who was in pre K at that time. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't this kid can't see this anymore. I, he's beating me down like I can't do this. So I come up with this plan. He is traveling to Florida to do a job 
And I was like, you know what? Let's take the ride because he's done nothing but use me and drain me. So now I'm going to take the ride with him, but he has no idea what's about to come. So I paid all my bills forward and I took the ride to Florida. I called Enterprise to meet me <laughs> at the job he drove to. And then I had already reserved a studio apartment somewhere in Florida by the water. So we pull up, right? And he starts barking all these orders at me. Like, get that out, get this out. And all I started to get out was my luggage. And he's like, that's not what I asked. And I'm like, I know that. And so then I get my son's car seat out. And he's like, what are you doing? And right before he totally loses mind, Enterprise pulled up. And I'm like, I'm leaving. So I get in the car and I go and I go get my rent a car. I take the rental car, go to the place over there, which had an enterprise, drop the car off. They brought me there. And I made sure that where I had was in walking distance from everywhere. Cause obviously I left my car where I, I live, but I didn't care. I just wanted to get away. And so I picked up and I moved, right? Well, I thought I did. So I'm there and he obviously, because when you're in that relationship, when you're in that situation, they, if you don't want to tell them something in the first place, like you don't want to tell them exactly like, oh, I, uh, you know, I'm running to my mom's house or whatever, they'll get it out of you eventually. What, Whatever manipulation tactic they use, whether it's the, I need to see you because I love you and I just need a hug down to the, if you don't tell me where you are, I'm going to do a b c and d right so i did eventually tell him where i was he drove there he's like get in the car we're going i was like oh, i'm not going anywhere and he's like i'm gonna call your mom i'm gonna do this i'm like please please call them i'm not going anywhere i'm staying here so fast forward for a week he went drove like six hours away after that drive came back still said i wasn't going left drove i think that job was almost 10 or 12 hours away came back but on his way home uh, on his way home on his way to me coming back that time now i had just left i had just stood up for myself for the first time in a year for the first time since i filed for divorce it took me from the day i met him it was a month shy of a year okay from dating him that i finally stood up and was like no no this is wrong well I found out I was pregnant. And so when I found out I was pregnant, in my head, it crushed me. And that's why I had stayed with my ex-husband after I caught him cheating the first couple of times. I do not want to break a family up. I want to do my best to give my kids the best life and both of their parents in their life, right? So I tell them I'm pregnant and I don't really expect like the best reaction, but I definitely didn't expect him walking up and saying this was his exact word. Don't worry, everything's gonna be okay. And he walks up and he drops money in my lap and he goes, just tell me the day and I'll be there. And I looked at him and I was like, the day of what? The birth? Like labor? What, what day do you want? Her birthday? Well, I didn't know it was gonna be hurt. I'm like, you want the birthday? Like what? I don't understand. And so obviously I don't even need to put it out there. He didn't, he wanted to terminate the pregnancy and that was it. He didn't want a kid. He didn't want his first kid. And she had just graduated from high school. So his exact words were, I just finished paying for another one. I'm not paying for this one. Or that I think it was, I just finished paying for one. I'm not paying for another one or whatever. But so yeah, we move forward and I tell him I'm not doing it. And then he apparently like, you can see it starts to get high all the time all the time didn't care what I thought uh, there were days he would come in so nasty just screaming or he'd be outside building a doghouse at like one in the morning okay pouring sweat 
just you knew that he was on something and then you get the gaslighting and the manipulation of where they try to make you feel crazy make you feel like that's not going on and now look i'm pregnant so my emotions are escalated i know that but no this is not okay you are not treating me okay for the entire pregnancy he all he did was tell me about how I'm going to lose my body, how my body would never get back to the way it was. Nobody's ever going to want me, you know, just how I have to take care of one kid on my own. What am I going to do with two? And just pounding and pounding and pounding all that negative into me. He wound up like making me so emotional and just being on top of me all the time. I'd wake up and whether he called and he was away, which I stopped answering when he was away because his first words would be in the morning. We all know for the first three months, you get morning sickness or you might not feel the best. He would tell me, I'm so overhearing it. You're always not feeling good. You always have a headache. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm walking around giving another human being life. It is eating the nutrition away from my body right now. Like, yes, I don't feel good. And so as the whole pregnancy, it went on like that. So I was put on bed rest twice because of him. I was put on a heart monitor once because of him. Now the heart monitor came down to extreme stress, extreme stress, extreme, just like overwhelming madness okay between the month of december and january i'm getting messages from random women talking about other women that he's with i'm getting messages from women that he is with because at that point now i'm almost six and a half months pregnant okay and he wants to play this game so he goes and gets tested and he brings me this paper home and it shows now before he shows me and before this whole get tested thing happened he did try to sleep with me before he left now we hadn't slept together because i was ugly i was fat and i had a baby inside me so when he tried to sleep with me, I couldn't understand where the flip went, right? Like why, when, when did this happen? And I wasn't, he, he was just being mean as it was. So it just didn't happen. You know, you can't just one day walk in and be like, Hey, you're my wife or you're my girlfriend. Let's go sleep together. We haven't slept together in almost six months. So, and obviously in reality, when you look at it, if you're not sleeping with someone for six months, I don't know how I sat there and convinced myself that he wasn't with someone else. And it may not be the case for everybody, but it was definitely the case for him. So he goes, he gets tested, brings home this uh, paper and it comes back and he tests positive for herpes, not even an STD you can get rid of. And then I'm like, did you like know you had this before, you know, you tried to sleep with me when you were home? And he said, yes. And I was like, why would you do that? I'm like, do you, he said, well, I figured if I gave it to you, you would never be able to leave me because then I know nobody would. Mm. So I was totally blown away by the, that remark. I don't even think I understand the, the concept or the thought process behind that. But anyways, so now that happened. So now obviously we're not sleeping together at all because A, you know what that does to a baby. I looked up stuff and I just, it's bad. So now I'm about to have the baby, okay? And he makes sure that he's been gone for the last final three months of my pregnancy. He was gone and we were moving and I had to pack and move not the furniture he moved like the big things you know the bed and the couches but every single box plate all that it was me and my best friend who did it and i'm talking i was cute like i couldn't even touch my feet and i'm sitting there and i'm packing and so it's now right before the baby and he's like listen 
I don't want to come to the hospital when you're having the baby. He's like, I'm not in the mood to hear any screaming. And I was like, excuse me? Do you really think I'm in the mood to be pushing this baby out right now? Like, what? So I go and I have my daughter and then she was born in April. By June is when I found out that he had been with that girl throughout the whole relationship. He was doing drugs with her through the whole relationship. I confront him. He gives me the typical abuser reaction. I'm sorry. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. The love bombing, the guilt, all of that. That's what he did. And then he went from there, okay, to getting me back. I spent the summer with him, but at the end of the summer, my son had to go to kindergarten. And I was like, I can't trust you. I still can't. I, I just can't do it. I'm like, but I don't want to break a family up. You travel, you come home and, you know, come stay at the house and you'll be able to be with your daughter. So I thought that was the deal. And then came back. And he wasn't happy about it, but I didn't think it was going to go this way. So I came back and he attacked me that night. I was in bed and he crawled on top of me and he started choking. And then I fought him off. I really thought I was going to die that night. After that, I went on the run because I had reported him. He went on the run as well. Um, He was running to find me, though, to get to me. And he, you know... I was running from him and he was running from the cops. He was not, you know, it was a different type of run. He broke into my friend's house. I was not left alone for over 30 days. And then after that point in time, the first day I was left alone, I was left alone about 8.15. By nine o'clock, I came out of the shower and he was standing in front of me on a second story house and was in the house. Uh, so there was an altercation there. I finally get him out of that house and call the cops. The cops call him, tell him there's now a warrant out on top of everything for stalking. So now he knows they're investigating the other one. He's got a warrant out. So now he disappears. However, he disappears from the state, but I was driving up and down the Eastern coast of the United States because I have family in one area and I live in another. So, but I was almost 900 miles away when he popped up and I was like, how's that possible? Like, how did you just pop up here? So then maybe about 400 miles out of my house when I was driving back, he popped up there. So I obviously drive strictly right to the DA, right? And I'm like, there is a tracker on something. So I changed my phone number. I changed my Apple ID. I changed my device. I changed all of that. Still shows up at a job that I'm working. I just got a new job. Waitressing knows I'm there. Don't know how. Okay, go back. There's still a tracker somewhere. So they sweep my car, can't find it. Well, he wound up, I guess, when he ran, he ran to this other girl's house out of state, gave her this big whole baloney of what happened. But then he started getting high there. She kicked him out. He tried breaking in. And that's how he finally got caught and extradited back to this state. So now he gets extradited back to this state. The woman calls me up. And she's like, I just need to let you know something. There is a tracker on your car. And the tracker is, and she told me where the tracker was. And she was absolutely correct. And it was a tracker that he bought extended batteries, a box that blocked bug detectors. I mean, it was high tech. Hooked up to his phone. He knew when I left my parents' house, when I left my friend's house. And the kicker of it all is when he got arrested, the woman said this. And she's like, I'm sending in this notebook he's been keeping. And when we were going to court, it came out that this notebook had over 30,000 addresses that he had tracked me to. He wrote down every gas station, store, any house, anywhere, I, every, everywhere, every stop I had made from the time. And he had put it on that day when he broke into my friend's house. So from that time, 
until he got caught, he tracked me everywhere. He now has every single one of my family's addresses everywhere, up and down, like in every state here. So she turns in the notebook and he goes and he's waiting on bond and all of this. And with this, I get in the mail something called a glitter bomb. And it's this tube <laughs> that's filled with fine glitter. Okay. And when you open the tube, it just explodes glitter everywhere. <laughs> it's a huge mess. So that happened next. And we wind up going through all the court cases and this and that. And he didn't want to plead guilty and he was going for trial and he denied um, he wanted just a bench trial. And he, because at the end of the day, what everybody needs to know is that stalking is one of the hardest cases to prove. It's their word against your word. The only reason, only reason that I won that case is because of that GPS tracker. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. So he wound up pleading out after that. He pled out to one count of aggravated assault, one count of false imprisonment, two counts of battery, domestic violence, three counts of aggravated stalking, and one count of stalking. That's what he pled out, not what he was guilty of. He was guilty of much more than that. But he wound up taking the plea because he didn't want his oldest daughter on the stand to speak on the abuse that she had seen growing up. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she knows, but she obviously had to know more. So he pled guilty. I then become free, right? And I now have to intrinsically turn inside and work on myself. I have, I've been going to counseling for years and years now at this point, but I had to work it on myself. And then when I was okay, because I tell everybody this, there are a lot of people who message me and I tell them, if you're not okay, then no one else, no other relationship you have around you is going to be okay. They will suffer. So after I worked on myself, I then had to focus on my kid. Okay. And we did that. And my son goes to counseling. My daughter is super, she's only, she'll be three. So she's super young. Not that I won't have her in counseling at some point, but right now it's just, so after I worked with the kids and I knew that they were getting strong and we're all getting there. The next part of my healing journey was to come out and help others who were in that. Everybody knows when you're in the situation or even after you get out, you could never imagine why you deserve to go through hell. Nobody deserves to live like that. But at the end of the day, if you keep telling yourself how negative it was, and that's all that you focus on, then all that negative. And I just did a show um, on live IG. Um, my live IG is at Lady Z underscore 2021. And I do shows on there talking about that empowerment, that distraction, and all of that that needs to get out of the way. And I have people come on and share their stories. So you see how, what they came from and what they have now, that happy and healthy life that really awaits. So I started to come out with my blog talk, which I came out on that and I shared my story. I gave a lot of facts and just statistics and different ways um, to deal with things healthy and not healthy. And I stopped that probably in November. Then I took a break. Okay. I, I'm a single mom. So you know what the holidays are like? <laughs> I mean, like I didn't really have much of a choice. So I took a break. And when I decided to come back out, I decided that I wanted to come out with something more powerful. Like, yes, what I was doing was powerful, but now, now it's time for you. I want you. And by you, I mean anybody, anybody who has a drug addiction, who's coming over, 
over it. Anybody who's had abuse and is trying to get out of it, in it, still dealing with it, whatever it is, I want you to feel safe and no judgment. That is what this is about. This is about having a safe haven, building a community of support, making it so that you know, hey, I can hit up Zena and I can be in the middle of this. And she's not going to judge me for going back because she knows that the statistic is you go back on an average of seven times just for anybody who didn't know that. Don't be hard on yourself. What you're doing is no different than what everybody else is doing in that situation. So that's when I started my series about the happy and healthy life. And as I said, and that's when I reached out to you because I'm now at that point in my life where, hey, guess what? I have worked through healing. I'm not done. Healing is an everyday thing for the rest of your life. (laughs) It will never stop nor end. And every day you really have to give it your focus and be like, okay, I'm strong. I'm this, I'm powerful and go for it, go out through the day, right? So that being said, I now am out there to support, build this community and I'm still healing. But you know what? I live on my own. I have my two kids. I have a house. I have a new car. I have so I have jobs like they're crazy. I don't even teach in a classroom anymore because since coronavirus, I've been teaching, doing tutoring more online and I go to the kids' houses and all of that. And I'm working a lot. When I started to try to build up my work, I think by the time I finally ran from him, I only was working two hours a week. <laughs> like I had nothing, nothing. And I have myself. That's what I didn't realize. I did have something. I had something very, very important. And what I had was myself. And that's all you need. You just have to believe in yourself. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That was really, really powerful. And I think it's really, um, I'm sure that people can just hear kind of that growth from really like, you know, being in such a low place. And I think that a lot of us can relate to being, you know, in different areas of our lives and um, different experiences, but having that feeling of feeling like I don't feel like I have anything else. And I think that that's so um, incredible that you've kind of created a space on social media that kind of is welcoming and very inclusive of all of that. And um, I think that that's so important and so vital. And I'm sure that I'll definitely include information for that in the show notes of this episode. But if there are other any resources or ways that listeners may be able to get access to that, please do let me know or you can just let them know here. But yeah, Um, if you go on to my Instagram, again, that's at lady z underscore 2021 on there, there are the videos that I have done. Every single video with every single person, they tell you, please reach out. Those are my resources. There are organizations that do webinars like Life Circle 72. They are on my page as well. You can follow them on Instagram. They do webinars about domestic violence. They are out here um, in one of the states and they are working to, they provide homes for women and children who are running from a very dangerous situation until they can get them on their feet and figure it out. Like they've worked out with a hotel, something where they go and put them in there just for a couple nights so that they can get them out and get them set up. There are resources out there like that. And if you are not necessarily in the state, with Life Circle 72, they know people. So when you go on my page, that person may not be in London. That person may not be, because my shows have people from the UK, from London, from Australia, from the States. It really depends, but it doesn't matter because nowadays technology has made it so possible 
for us to reach worldwide that contact them because I promise you every single person that I've had on my shows has no judgment. They have none. They do not judge and they only approach you with kindness and compassion. Okay. And don't think one of my biggest things is abuse does not discriminate. It can happen to any gender. That is one of the biggest misconceptions is, and we know it happens, but our comments are always like, well, he's a man. He can suck it up and he can deal with it. No, no, no. Like, it's just not life. That's still abuse. So on my page, if you're a man listening, there are men on there who are coming on and sharing. There are therapists. So if you need to look a little bit more into mental health and you think that's a thing, I have those resources as well. So yes, I do have many resources, but I would go to my page, look at those videos that I did. I did one with an amazing woman this morning who I follow on um, Instagram and I'm telling you, I wake up some days and I'm having a bad day. She's always got a live going on most of the time in the morning and I watch it and it really does motivate me in such a powerful way that she's another one that I, and it's Miss, uh, Miss West. Uh, we're going to have to look at it. See, I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't put her name out there before. Cause I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. But if you look on that page, she is amazing. So things like that, those are resources go on educate, read up, watch the videos that people are putting out there on the positivity way that you can get to a positive and happy and healthy life. What do I need to do? What does it look like? Because most of the time for people who have been in abuse, right? They've been in it for so long, they don't even remember nor know what that looks like anymore. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I'll definitely have all of that linked in the show notes, but um, I just wanted to thank you again so much for coming on and sharing your story and just being so vulnerable in doing so. I'm sure that listeners will be able to connect really well. And um, yeah, I will have all the information in terms of resources in the show notes. Okay, thank you so much for having me on and letting me put out that passion and that knowledge, but also sense of security that we are out here. Okay. And there's more than one of me that there are many people out there who are there to support and mainly with no judgment. Don't be fearful. Don't be embarrassed. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. I just wanted to thank Zena again for coming on the podcast and sharing her inspirational story. Like I said, I'll have all of her links and resources in the show notes of this episode, as well as a link to my fundraiser for Boston Children's Hospital to support my place in the London 2021 Marathon. So I would love if you would check that out. Otherwise, I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.